This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sklina. And I'm your host, Matt Sklina. And Matt, I should say host, but also realtors with Oakland Realty in Vancouver. Today, Matt, I'm excited. This is a special episode. I feel Super like, special. you know what? It, it's funny. We've been doing this show for a long time, Adam. Last, whenever, when did we have Jenny Conkin on with Hallway House? Oh, six months ago. And you know what? That was the first time we've ever kind of got behind a cause and that we were passionate about. Yeah. And one thing that's one thing that became clear is we have a pretty generous and energetic audience out there who's listening. Well, the real estate industry is a pretty generous uh, industry, I would say. Exactly. And, but she, she had tons of people reach out. We raised some money, I believe it's, it's just been great working with Holy Host. And now we got something that is, uh, that is is truly special. Well, so here's the thing, and I and this is this this episode kind of weaves throughout kind of like personal journey, real estate goals, and overcoming in, in incredible obstacles. Yeah, it's it kind of goes all over the place. But this this will be one of my favorite episodes, I think, of all time. Maybe uh, my favorite episode of the year, just in terms of I think where it goes. Right? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. We're talking to Jaden Lee. So we've known Jaden for a long time, young guy, 24 years old out of Chilliwack. He right. works in Chilliwack. He's a real estate agent. Jaden was diagnosed with cancer when he was in his teens. He got his care at Children's Hospital. BC Children's Hospital BC in Children's Vancouver. Hospital. Right. So he has now been cancer-free. He's, his last checkup after five years of screening is coming up here at, in, in uh, October and as part to give back to all the care that he received from Children's Hospital, he is running a hundred miles to raise to, money. To raise money. And when we heard this, uh, we actually were were doing the grouse grind with him when he talked about it. Told us the whole. We couldn't talk. We were both, no. We were um, both huffing and puffing. I was crying. I was yeah. in a fetal position. It was like a two-hour walk. Neither of us said a word. Yeah, and he was like, oh, you know, he's he, been running. He's been training for this. But he gave the whole journey. You know, just and then and then we came back and we recorded it was so, this episode. It was so compelling. We were like, we got to have you on the podcast. Yeah. We want to get behind this and publicize it in any way we can. Right. So, but you said he's so his last meeting, which he's going to talk about, is is when. This is so, so in October 6th at 3 p.m., he's running to children's. No, 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 no. At October 6th, 3 p.m. is when his last appointment at BC Children's yes. is. And there's a period after you're free of cancer of five years, right? In which it is the, the time where they're most nervous about it coming back. This is his last appointment. So he's running from children's after that appointment. Yes. Home. And it's going to be a hundred mile run, a hundred mile run. He thinks it's going to take around 27 hours. He's got like the police escort, everything. It's going to be uh, something last 
time he did this, he he ran a hundred kilometers, right? And he which raised, is which is what about half the amount, maybe even less than half. Is a hundred kilometers a half the? No, hundred no, miles. No, is, no, no. Is sorry, not serious. half. It's uh, it's it's a little more than half. Fact checkers, let's get. <laughs> but now he wants to run. He wants to run a hundred miles. A hundred kilometers seems like like kind of a yeah weak in comparison. Yeah. That's for sure. I call that a warm up, Matt. No, it's uh, it's pretty incredible what the hundred kilometers he raised one hundred twenty five thousand dollars for BC Children's. Right now he's running a hundred miles. He's trying to raise $150,000 for BC Children's. I'm going to be donating some money. You're going to be donating some time. I think you're planning <laughs> on running. running. I'm going I'm to be donating some time for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and what's crazy about it is, is it, this is just such a phenomenal story and it's so inspirational and it weaves between kind of the, his life journey real estate investing, getting into the industry at a young age, overcoming adversity, all these different things. It's just, it's a, a bit great. of a tear. There's some, there's some moments. Yeah. It gets, it gets deep, but, but what he wants, just to be clear, where, where the goal here is to raise funds and this is no easy run. He wants people to come out and run with him. And there's going to be people that start at children's hospital. He said to us, if you guys want to come out maybe show up in the last, for the last two hours. Yeah. Cause you know, it's going to be big at the start and then so two he's, miles. he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna need people at the end. He needs people running with him the whole time. So yeah. it, it's, it, this is a call to action. This is uh yeah, it would be, it would be awesome if some, if some folks from the VREP community either come out for the run or uh, if, if you're feeling generous and you're, and you're compelled to donate we are going to have the link to donate to Jaden's run. We're also going to have links to his Instagram page where you can kind of follow his journey at underscore Jaden Lee, which is J-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E. That's where you can follow this journey on Instagram. He's also just a great follow altogether. And he's charting his runs, his training. So like he'll, it's crazy. He'll be like, oh, he posts everything with, I will run 100 miles. That's the, the and, model, he, right? and he'll, you know, he'll get up and do a full marathon in Chilliwack and you can actually see the route and he's taught, he, he walks you through kind of some of the challenges. It's, it's an amazing follow, but so you should definitely follow him on Instagram, but Adam, we will have links on our Instagram to the BC children's page. Yes. We're going to put that in the show notes, in the write-up. We'll have it in our bio on Instagram as well. It's going to be on the live wire as well. It'll be in the episode on our site. It'll be in the show notes. We'll make it easy to to find and and, then, and the fact is is that the the site exists right now, but the the handle's a little tough. It's, right, it's a little it's a little complicated. And I so think this is why we're doing it. it. Yeah, and what what we're gonna do as well is we'll talk about it in the intro and outro of future episodes. So if you want to be involved, you can definitely be involved. So we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do before we cut to this episode. But everybody, you're gonna love this conversation with Jaden Lee. What else do we got before we get to that? What else do we have, Adam? Well, we have our new website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And what I wanted to highlight was, would you say this is the most downloaded document we've ever had? It's overwhelming. It's uh, I, My phone just vibrates in my pocket every time somebody downloads. But the sold plan is a lot of people in the industry downloading it. A lot of people that are thinking about listing in the fall are downloading it. It's a really great document, instructional, step-by-step what you need to do to get your home ready for the market. This is based on 
you know, over a decade of selling hundreds of homes, these are this is basically what we've honed down on for essentials, non-negotiables. This is what you got to do to sell to get top dollar selling in the shortest amount of time. You can download that document for free. Click sell with us at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com and follow the link and it's a direct download. The direct download is there. It's that easy. Sell with us at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And other than that, Adam, I think we should cut to our talk with Jaden Lee. This is uh, this is one for the ages. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Jaden Lee. He is a realtor at Century 21 Creekside in Chilliwack. Did I get that right? Yeah, Chilliwack. And uh, oh, it was the pronunciation of Chilliwack that I got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so much more uh, that we're going to jump into. But um, first of all, you're overdressed for the, uh, for the hot box here. I know, the, I uh, put this on and it's a little sweaty now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jaden, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Jaden Lee. I am 24 years old from Chilliwack, BC. I have been selling real estate since February of 2018. So five and a half years now. And uh, yeah, it's been going really well. And yeah, it's a little bit about myself. So you must've started like right out of high school then. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, got, I graduated high school 2017, signed up for the real estate program through UBC August of 2017. Did the course about four and a bit months and then took the exam first week of December of 2017, passed it. We have to be 19 to get your real estate license. And I didn't turn 19 until that February. So I had to wait a couple months until I turned 19. And then literally like a few days after my birthday, I got my license. So I feel like I was getting this in my thirties where people would be like, you're too young to give me real estate advice. How, how has that worked out with you? Cause you're still quite young. Yeah. I just started, but you're actually, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're well experienced and, but you've actually had a successful run starting when you're 19. Like, I'm just curious, did that, it obviously would have been a topic that you had to, it, that's I, an obstacle. That I remember you the faced. first open house that I did. I thought like someone, I literally like looked like I was 12 that <laughs> no facial hair, nothing. And I thought someone was going to come in and I thought I was like the realtor's kid or something. Yeah. yeah like, right. But, um, so yeah, it would took a while for me to build up my confidence and kind of I remember the, cause I took one of those fast track courses called go BC 
And so I actually went to school in person for the course. I remember the first class that I went to, like right out of high school, was mortgage law and statement of adjustments. And I was like, what the fuck did I just get myself <laughs> in? <laughs> yeah. And and then, uh, of course, you end up at open houses. I'm thinking like, that's that's totally bring your kid to work style. Oh, yeah. Like, because I remember when I first met you, you were probably that was, 20 That was That was like, that was in 2019. So I, I was about a year into it at that time. So I would have been just turning 20. Which is crazy because you were, and, and no offense, but you were a very young, I mean, you're a young looking 24. You were a young looking, I mean, you look more your age you now. You look great. You look great. <laughs> when, you were, when you were 20, you were a young looking guy. Oh, like, yeah. You did look really young for your age. Yeah, I know. I, I 100% did. What? what okay, so <laughs> my first headshot was actually after I passed when I was 18. So my first real estate headshot, I was 18 years old in the picture. <laughs> So, you're going to have that when you're 40, though. Yeah, yeah. Be like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the back of the bus. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you had one. So if some, if a younger person out there is, is just getting into the business or thinking of getting into the business, one piece of advice for dealing with being probably younger than anyone you work with, right? Like you, yeah. you probably have not worked with anyone. Well, maybe you have, but younger than you that are, that's buying or selling for sure. I was... Oh, like doing like, transaction-wise? Tra- what I'm saying is, is if you, one piece of advice for somebody who is trying to get into business, but young and you're engaging with people older than yourself, right? Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how did you overcome that? Is it just I confidence? Like confidence and knowing like your stuff, like knowing the information and making sure like if they have a question, either like, like to actually know how to answer the questions properly. Don't just kind of make something up. I remember the first open house I did, I kind of made a mistake. It was a new construction build and they asked if a, a fence was going to get built on the property. I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I didn't actually ask and there wasn't a fence getting built. <laughs> so you built the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just, after a bit of learning, it took a while to build up that confidence, but just having confidence and knowing what you're talking about, I think is key. And one thing that was nice about starting real estate really young was I was right out of high school, so I was still living at my parents' house. And say someone that's in their 30s or 40s starting real estate and without a consistent income, and if you have kids or a mortgage or rent, it's really hard to stay consistent with it, right? So for me, I was living at home and my only bill was my my cell phone bill. So if I didn't bring a paycheck home every two weeks, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. right. Let's talk about, so most kids, when they're getting out of high school, they're thinking, okay, flex year, or uh, maybe I'll go get a job as a server or whatever. So like, what what was the origin story of actually getting licensed? Yeah, so kind of a bit of a story, but when I was in grade 10, I got when I was 16 years old, I got diagnosed with cancer. So I had acute lymphoblastic leukemia um, and I went through three and a half years of chemo at BC Children's Hospital. Um, and so before I got sick, um, when I was going into high school, I just, I always hated school, wanted kind of the best job that I could get with like the least amount of school. So automatically kind of thought like trades. So I just was going to go into construction or welding. I kind of signed up for those courses in high school and then got sick halfway through grade 10. So did kind of was out of school for about a year and a half, did school online um, so I could still graduate on time. And then after I got sick, I kind of like realized like, oh, I kind of want to do something more with my life than just go into, no offense to anyone in construction or welding or anything, but just to do a little bit something more than that. So I got inspired to kind of do nursing. So I saw what the nurses did for me at BC Children's Hospital, wanted to kind of get into nursing and follow that path. So after I came back to school, um, I took everything I needed for nursing. So I took bio, chemistry, all that stuff. And I had all the prerequisites that you needed for the nursing program at UFE. But you needed 75 hours of volunteer work. 
And because I was still getting chemo and sick, volunteering in the hospital was pretty dangerous for my immune system. So they wouldn't let me volunteer in the hospital. And so I went to UFV and I was like, I can't get the volunteer hours, but like I've got more experience being in the hospital last two years than any volunteer hours are going to get me. And they still said no. So I was like, that was kind of, I was like, that was kind of dumb, but I didn't want to waste any time. So my dad, he always wished he's, my dad's not in real estate, but he always wished he kind of would gotten into real estate. And if he could start over, that's what he would have done. And um, we always like going to open houses and stuff when we were younger. And I've always kind of been interested in it. So he was like, well, why don't you get your real estate license? If it works out, great. If it doesn't do nursing in a couple of years when you can. So literally like if I did, I, I say this is kind of, if I didn't get sick, I honestly don't know if I would be doing real estate. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise, but yeah, that's kind of why I signed up for the real estate program just to kind of kill time until I could do nursing, but it ended up working super well. So I'm just, I'm just thinking, and I mean, you're sick, you're, you're, you're spending a lot of time at, at children's hospital at BC children's. Mm-hmm. Um, why were you in such a hurry to get into like, I, I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm it, thinking like, why, why not, why not take some time travel and, Europe or something? I don't know. I just always like, even when I was sick, they gave me the option of like, oh, I, you don't have to do your schoolwork. Like you can graduate like a year later or just take the time off while you're sick and stuff. And I was like, no, like I want to graduate on time with my, with my class. And so I think that one of the biggest things that helped me w- when I was sick was I tried to maintain as much of a normal life as I could. So like I was, when I was home from the hospital, I would still like go hang out with my friends and go to the skate park and do all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't really want to be like treated any different or like make excuses just for what I was going through. I wanted to kind of still do what everyone else was doing and graduate and go to university and figure out what I was going to do. Keep up with the pace. Yeah. I'm just, I I mean, I've, I guess I've never really talked to anyone that's had cancer. Uh, I've never asked this, but like, what was the, when you're in grade 10, were you just fatigued all the time or like, how did you, how did you figure out you were sick? Yeah. So I actually found out that I was sick through running, which obviously we'll get into the running yeah. a little bit here, but it's full circle. Um, I was always like first and I was in strength and conditioning in middle school in grade nine. And I was all, we all would do 10 K runs. And I always, I was always first in the 10 Ks. And I never like, I was just kind of getting into running at that point. I like, I was beating all my friends that played soccer and I was, I'd never ran at all. Right. Um, and so I was just getting really good at running. And so grade 10 rolled around and I could never, like, I was just starting feeling tired and less, more fatigued. And I was slowly like not being able to keep up with everyone. I just like, I was like, what the heck? Like, am I getting out of shape? Or like, what the heck's going on? So I started like eating better and I just thought I was out of shape. So I was like starting to work out, go to the gym, that type of thing. And then it got to the point where like, I couldn't even run a lap around the track anymore in high school without like almost wanting to pass out. My PE teacher was like, oh, you're looking a little green around the gills and are you feeling okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I was just kind of like blow it off. And then it got to the point where I, my mom was kind of asking me to like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, you're looking a little pale. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then I kept on sitting out in PE class. And then my PE teacher ended up emailing my mom and was like, Jane's not doing too well. He keeps on sitting out, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, we've been kind of noticing the same thing. So after that email, my mom ended up booking me a blood test after school one day, went for the blood test, came home a couple hours later, hospital called like 1030 at night asking if I could go back to the hospital for some tests. Cause I guess they weren't supposed to like tell you over the phone, but it was like, my mom was like, why do we have to go right now? It's like 1030 at night. And they're like, he needs to come that, now. That so, was like that quick. Yeah. So they told her on the phone 
And so I was downstairs like playing Xbox with my buddies. I was in like grade 10. And so my mom comes downstairs and she's like, yeah, we got to go get more tests at the hospital. I'm like, it's 1030 at night. That's kind of strange. Yeah. And so then she's like, we just get, so I like say bye to my friends on Xbox. And then I like go upstairs and my mom's boyfriend was like pacing back and forth. Like he saw a ghost and I was like, okay, something's up. And then a little bit later, my parents were divorced. And so a little bit later, my dad came downstairs and with my sister and I was like, okay, like I heard the door to my mom's house open and I was like, oh, like my dad's here too. Like, this is strange. So then I ended up, we ended up, my dad left my sister with my mom's boyfriend, me and my dad and my mom got in the car and we started driving to the hospital. I'm like, what the heck's going yeah, on? It's... Like, this is weird. So then literally like on the drive there, my dad was just like, do you know what leukemia is? And that's literally how I found out. Oh, man. That's intense. Yeah. And then, so then you, clearly it was, they were in a rush to start the, yeah, so the treatment. I, that was in Chilliwack. So I, I went to Chilliwack hospital that night and was there for a couple hours, talk, kind of talking to the doctor about like the protocol and stuff. And then um, they were basically like, yeah, you have to go to children's in Vancouver tonight, like go home, pack a bag and like go there. So literally like left Chilliwack hospital went to my back to my mom's house, packed a bag and then drove to Vancouver. And then I was in for like nine days after that. In nine days in the hospital. Yeah. From right from the get go, like nine days to start. Then I was home for like about a week and then was in for a month and a bit. And then kind of like the first year was like intense treatment. So I was like nine days and I was in for a month and I got to go home for a bit. And so I was basically in and out living in and out of the hospital for a solid year. So you'd go, you'd go nine days on and then a month out? I, I would go nine days on and then I, the longest stint I did was that 31, 31-ish days. It was just over a month. And then I got to, it was different each time. So every cycle that I would start, it'd be like a new kind of amount of time. So like there was a cycle that I was on where like I was home for during the week, but then I had to go in Saturday, Sunday. And so it was kind of all over a place for a solid year. So maybe moving to, you find out that the cancer goes into remission. Yeah. Can you talk about, can you talk about that? Yeah. So after I got into remission, um, which was within the first year, which was really good because I found it early, caught it early, but leukemia is one where it's very high risk for it to come back. So even though I was only, I, the cancer was already gone within the first year, I still had to do chemo for three and a half years total. So after the, I did a year of intense treatment in and out of the hospital. And then after your first year, you get on what's called maintenance. So then I would do, I would still take like pills, chemo pills every single day at home. And then I would go in the hospital for IV chemo once a month. And what, just without not, or without having much experience in, in this realm, the chemo, was it like three, four years? Cause you're a really athletic guy, obviously yeah. you just, you're beating all the soccer players when you're a kid. And you're beating the Scalina brothers on the 10K we just did before this, uh, before this uh, interview. Beating is not even, doesn't capture uh, what just happened. But um, were you just like dead to the world with the chemo? Did it knock you out? Was it like, did you feel like you were like, just like zombieing through life yeah. for three years or? Yeah, I felt like I was kind of zombie, like the first year, hundred percent because I was intense and I was getting it all the time. And that was kind of felt like I was walking around like a zombie. After the year and I was just doing the IV once a month, I felt a little bit better, but I was still taking quite a bit of chemo pills every day. But once I got off, like once I stopped chemo May of 2018, after like a week and a bit of being off of it, it was like this like light switch that came on and I was like, holy crap, I feel like a new person. Oh my God. So it's like, and probably even better than when you were like sitting out in gym class, right? Like this oh, yeah. is, you're probably like going 100%. back to when you were like 13 or yeah. 12 or 13. Well, and it's crazy too. Cause like I was really into like extreme sports when I got sick, like BMXing and skateboarding and scootering and all that kind of stuff. And like 
after I tried to go to the skate park again and I had to like, I couldn't do like any of the tricks that I used to be able to do and stuff. I had to like relearn everything in your muscle memory because you're like, you lose so much muscle mass and you're just weak. So that was very like kind of a weird feeling. And you still skateboard like Matt and I do, but you're at an appropriate age to be doing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can still get hurt and it's not the end of the world. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. How How did real estate change your life? Um, yeah, I think real estate's changed my life completely, to be honest with you, like getting into it at such a young age, it kind of set me up for success really young. And yeah, so I, I did first, or six deals my first year. Um, I, that was February of 2018 till the end of, tw- so it was basically a full year my first year because I got licensed in February. So I basically had the full calendar year, did 15 my second year. And then COVID kind of hit, market went crazy. And I was kind of getting some deals under my belt, building up a reputation and stuff. So then um, 2020 kind of blew up a bit and did 41 deals 2020, 29 deals 2021, 22 last year, and about about nine deals this year so far. And yeah, it's been a great experience, learning experience and have a couple of properties under my belt now too, which is awesome. So yeah, it's like, and most of my friends, like I say this very humbly, but a lot of my friends are just graduating university. And if I would have gone that nursing route, I probably would have been just graduating nursing school and been $50,000 in debt right now. Right. So your life would have looked a lot different. hundred <laughs> percent. And so, um, in talking about your, your real estate, so you invest in, in Chilliwack. Yeah. Yeah. So I sell residentially in Chilliwack and then I was able to buy my first property in 2020 um, bought a three bedroom, three bathroom townhouse for four hundred and sixteen thousand, and then bought it in twenty twenty, right before the market kind of took off. And then last year, pulled the equity out of it, it was worth around seven hundred thousand. Um, got a two hundred thousand dollar line of credit, and then was able to buy my first rental last year and use that for the down payment. Can you talk about? So I, I want to hear about what the rental is, but then also, can you talk about uh, for listeners that don't understand kind of the refi? pull the equity out, kind of yeah. just unpack that a bit for people that are maybe somebody who's, uh, wants to be doing this in the next few years, but, um, hasn't, has, has a property, has some equity, but just doesn't quite understand it. Yeah. So basically the, um, the bank, so say I bought my townhouse for 416, it was worth around 700. I got it appraised, like the max it was worth, it was around 700. I got it appraised, the bank appraised it at 650. And then the bank will basically loan you 80% of the equity that you have in your house. So then they gave me a $200,000 line of credit. And that's a $200,000 line of credit that you could use for whatever you want. You could buy a Ferrari if you really wanted to with it. But Some do. Uh, yeah, some do, <laughs> which is a very poor decision. Or you can use that for a down payment to buy your next place. So I bought a detached house in Chilliwack, February of 2022 last year. Um, it was a million dollars. Um, I put 25% down. So 200 of the line of credit and then 5% of my own cash down on it. What, what is your advice to young people that, you know, you must get this question now I'm thinking like people you went to high school with probably and, and friends from Chilliwack that are like, Hey, we want to get into the market. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> What's your advice to people well, wanting to get into the market? Obviously, it's very, it's quite hard nowadays with interest rates and just with inflation and how expensive things are. But for me, like when I was saving to buy my first place, like I was very, very frugal. Like when I was going out for lunch and dinners with my friends, I would go, I would eat before and I would go get water and I would not spend, like I was very, very frugal. And I literally, like I had multiple different accounts in my bank and I would like, one was for a little bit of spending money. One was for like taxes. One was for saving for that was saving for down payment was pretty much where 90% of it would go. So I was very, very frugal and you just kind of have to prioritize 
what you want in your life at that moment. And it's going to suck for a couple of years saving for that down payment. But once you can get that 5% or 10% or whatever you want to put down, then it's going to be well worth it in the end. What do you attribute? Like, I'm just thinking you've had, so, you know, I started this podcast by asking about being the youngest guy in the room and, and being, you know, a real estate advisor, right? Like that's, that's a challenging spot to be in. Anyone listening is going to go, Oh my God, 41 deals. That's a lot of, that's a lot of transactions. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's like you're running off your feet. What do you attribute to your success? Like, is there something you kind of think looking back over the last five years and go, okay, this is the, here's two or three attributes that I have that have made me Mm -hmm. successful in a business where it takes a lot of discipline. You don't have to show up if you don't want to. You could be playing Xbox or or doing whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've always been very motivated. Like I said, like even like when I was sick, like I just didn't want to fall behind or anything. And, and it was very tough being young. And like like I said, when I first started, I didn't even know what the heck mortgage law or statement of adjustments was. But what I did, like I think I just did a really good job of, there's like a quote where it's like your, your network is your net worth. And so it's like, you're the average of the five people that you hang around with. So I just, I have a lot of great people in my life. Like one of my best friends and mentors, his name's Cameron Van Cly. He owns the brokerage that I work at. He's a developer, big realtor, real estate investor, that kind of thing. And so I've learned a ton. Pretty much everything I've learned has, has been from him. Um, and just surrounding myself with awesome people in the office. Like my first year, I did only did six deals and I probably wasted a lot of time just hanging out and socializing in the office. But I think looking back, that was actually very beneficial because I didn't know what the heck I was doing or what a lot of this stuff meant. So like me having a 30 minute conversation in the office with our mortgage broker, learning about mortgages and what that kind of all entailed was, yeah, I spent a lot of time talking and socializing, but I think it actually was very beneficial. And then I just did like, honestly, like the, the, where I got the most amount of business my first couple of years, because say you're 30, 40 years old and you have your sphere of influence and your friends and family that are buying and selling. All my friends were just getting out of high school and in university and none of them were buying and selling. So I basically did four open houses every single weekend um, for the last, like pretty much up until this year. Um, So I would do like a 12 to two Saturday, 2.30 to 4.30 following that. And then I would do that again Sunday and just repeat that every single weekend for four years. How how do you think being sick shaped how you approach work and work-life balance and, and, and real estate investing. Yeah. I, it's definitely changed my mindset a little bit over the past, especially a year and a half and, and for sure. And just, it's really changed my outlook on life and that life is so short. Like, um, especially after in 2020, um, my mom passed away as well and she was 46 and she had a heart attack out of nowhere. And then, uh, there we, uh, one of my close friends passed away as well. Um, he was actually a realtor at our office and it was like me and five of our buddies, we went on a trip to Texas and he actually passed away on a, when we were down there on the trip. Oh my gosh. He, he, his name was Aaron Schroeder. He was my mentor when I first started real estate at the office. Um, and well-known kind of, real, realtor in, in, in Chilliwack. Chilliwack. Yeah. So we were just going on a boys trip to go watch football. And the first night we got there, we went bar hopping and we were at different bars and stuff and he chose to get in a car with someone that was drinking and they passed away in a car accident the first night. So that's just, there's just been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last little while that's completely changed my mindset. And so now, I mean, I just, I, I prioritize a good work-life balance because if you're, if you're working all the time, like I have been the last four years, which has been great and I've been able to set myself up, but I'm like, now I'm like, I've realized and learned that life can change literally so quickly and really what's it all worth if, if you, you can't take these materialistic things like money and all this stuff to, it's, it's your memories that, that, 
that are worth it, right? So my that so my mindset kind of has shifted a little bit the last year and a bit. So just thinking about you know wanting to be a nurse, I I, I and I kind of want to shift a little bit to what you've accomplished on behalf of for cancer research and. But I'm just thinking maybe before we get to that, you, you spend a lot of time at the Children's Hospital here in Vancouver. Uh, you want to be a nurse. Clearly you had, I mean, I wouldn't say, it, I, no one would describe it as a good experience, presumably, but uh, there was some very meaningful people at the hospital that that profoundly helped you and and made you want to to give back in that way. Can you talk a little bit about that and and... How I guess not being a nurse, but you've you've moved in a direction to to try and give back in other ways. Yeah. So after I got sick, I was just very like I knew I wanted to do something more with it. Like I just felt like like what I had gone through was I wanted to, and I, and I would share my story with quite a few people, and I, people would always think it was inspiring and stuff. So I just wanted to do something to give back to children's, and I was trying to come up with a. Uh, with something to do. And I was starting to getting into running all the time. Um, and me and my friend Cameron, who I spoke about, um, we, we were both kind of getting into running. And um, this was right, this was end of 2020. So this was right after my mom passed away as well. And so I was trying to find like a goal or something to work towards to get me out of this rut that I was in mentally. And so I came across this guy on Instagram named Devin Levesque and he, uh, he bear crawled a marathon in New York city and he raised like half a million dollars for mental For house. people that don't know what a bear crawl is and <laughs> Matt and I prior to doing F45. I was going to say, I did, I've mentioned this to my wife. We did a bear crawl for 40 seconds. Honestly, it was one of the stations yesterday morning. I was like, there's a guy who, uh, I didn't know his name, did a marathon. She was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but it's incredible. Yeah, so I saw that video of this guy on Instagram that I followed. That, um, that, and it's basically like you're, well, like, describe the, like you're on your hands and your legs and you're like, you're bear crawling, like, like the the workout that you do in like elementary school gym class, it's sure. like that, but for 42 kilometers. And so he did it in like 20. 42 miles. Kilometers. Oh, okay. So a oh, that's not twenty six points. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of yeah. course. The conversion always messes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he did that. He did it in twenty something hours. Raised like half a million dollars for mental health. And I showed Cameron this video of this guy doing it. I was like, we should do some sort of like fitness challenge and like raise money for Children's Hospital. And he's like, you should run to Children's Hospital from Chilliwack. And I'm like, at this time, I had never ran more than ten k. And I'm like. That's like a hundred kilometers. There's no way I'd ever be able to run 10K. <laughs> so we were just like hanging out, having drinks that night. And then the next morning I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to go on a run. I haven't ran in a while. Like I'll go do a 10K and see how it goes. So I went and did a 10K and I did it like under an hour. And I was like, I could probably do that 10 more times. Um, so I texted Cam and I was like, Hey, let's do it. He's like, do what? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he's, like <laughs> he's, he's nursing a hangover. Yeah. He's like, what did we talk about last night? Yeah. I don't so, even remember bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's do it. And he's like, do what? And I'm like, let's run to children's hospital. And so that was like November of 2020. And so then we like thought about it for a bit. Then we're like, okay, let's actually do this. And so then, uh, beginning of 2021, we trained all year for it. And then in October of 2021, um, we ran from Chilliwack, like our, our Century 21 office in Chilliwack. We were, we left there at midnight, ran all through the night, 103 kilometers, ran for 12 and a bit hours, and we raised $125,000 for BC Children's Hospital. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, 
families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. So I didn't actually know this. Cam ran the whole way as well. He ran 70K and then his knee bugged out. And so he had to bike the last 30. And then the last like couple kilometers getting to the hospital, he was like, no, I got to keep, he's like, I got to run the last little bit to kind of help me out. So he ran like for anyone who maybe missed the biking too. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would have been my plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he he ran the mo- most of it, but unfortunately his knee bugged out. Seventy k. So. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. So and how how old's Cam? I'm just curious. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven. So yeah, okay. you you could do it easy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still quite a bit older. Than Jeez. <laughs> Uh, that's incredible. He, he's an impressive guy. So, yeah, not to take anything away from your 103. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but his 70, let's <laughs> focus on let's that. Let's focus on that. Uh, but so, okay, let's just dig into this. So this is 2021. If I understand, it was late 2021, October 2021. You set the goal early 2021. Maybe just a little bit about the training, because anybody listening, like 100K is a, is a long... Like, yeah. how did you... Yeah. So it's, it's actually kind of cool. So my mom had passed away her mom. So my grandma, my mom's side, she was actually a marathon runner. And so she had done a bunch of marathons, a couple hundred K's. And so she actually made me, me and Cam a training plan. And so we ran, like we would run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take a break Thursday. And then Friday was our long run and we would take the weekends off. Um, and so we like slowly built up. So like we would do little runs during the week and then Friday would be like a 10 K. And then like the next Friday would be like a 12 K and we'd slowly work our way up. So we trained all year for that. And then the longest run that I had done in training, it was about three weeks before when we actually did the run. And I ran 60K in like a training run. So that was the furthest I did in training. And that was like, I just left Chilliwack on a random Saturday for a training run. And I wanted to run part of the route. So I ran to Langley and I was just like ran to Langley and had to get someone to pick me up. (laughs) But so that was nerve wracking because that was the furthest I ran. And there were still 43 kilometers to go on the run. And so that was this like unchartered like territory. Uh, and that I were built. you, so what, what, 
maybe just thinking about this in my own mental, much smaller capacity of like, you know, <laughs> I got to run the 10 K. Yeah, I got to, I got to, I got to do a 10 K next week, <laughs> but maybe what was the hardest part of the, of the actual run? Was it the mental kind of fear of not being able to do it or was it, it or was it, it your body giving out or was it, or was it not hard or what? I think the, the scariest part about it was like, we were on global news that morning and it was like blown up all over the place. And we had raised, like we, we met the goal, the fundraising goal, but we were going to raise 121,000 for century 21, like the whole 21 thing. Yeah, yeah. And so we had actually met that before we even left the run. And so I was like, shoot. I was like, it's all over the news. I've raised this so much. I was like, I have no option but to get to Children's Hospital. So I was like, I don't care how long it takes me or like if I'm crawling across the finish line, like as long as I get from point A to point B, that's all I really care about. But it was the hardest part was like my leg, like because I had just done 60K three weeks prior, my legs were still like, I don't think I was 100% healed and ready to go for it. So, oh, wait, did you say, so after 60K, it's like, the recovery time, did you say three weeks? Yeah, I had three weeks and then I did the 103. Yeah. So like, I don't think, it, so the 60K in training actually felt better than sixty. this first 60K in the run. So when I did the run after 60K, my legs were like toast and I still had like 43 to go. And it was like, we left at midnight. So we ran through the night. So 60 kilometers, I'm in like Langley. It's like four or five in the morning. It's getting light out. And I'm like, I'm like, now it's getting light out and I've been running for freaking ever. And I, it was just tired. But the coolest thing that I learned through that and what like, are kind of our, one of our biggest takeaways from the run was like, that was just mindset and determination at that point. Like my body was done, but it was just the mindset and determination behind us that got, it, got us through. And so that's what's been really cool about the whole running experience and doing these physical challenges is learning like from mindset and determination. Like that doesn't just apply to doing these physical challenges but it applies to like any adversity that you deal with in life or in business. And so I've been able to apply those things into other areas of my life as well. So what are you telling yourself when you got 40 kilometers left? What's the conversation in your mind look like? I wasn't, didn't really, I, it, I, it was kind of all a blur to be honest with you. Like I was just like, I was just thinking of this, like my motivation was obviously like getting across that finish line. And when I got there, there was a bunch of like kids that were sick in the hospital that like came down and made me signs. And there was a guy that was too sick to come down. So he like made me a sign that said, thank you, Jane, in the window. So I was kind of thinking about that the whole time and what that would look like at the end. And that was the coolest part about it was like, yeah, we raised a lot of money. Yeah, we ran a long ways. But to give like the kids that were sick at the hospital hope and be like, this guy was in our shoes at one point and now look what he's doing. Yeah, and not, not even that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, for me, that was the coolest part about it. And that was kind of what was getting me through the whole time. So just thinking about the money that you raised, so you raised 120, in the end, you raised 125,000. Yeah. And change. And change. And so you're sitting, having a beer, you're like, you know, Cam's like, Let's, you should run a hundred K. It's like, yeah, okay. Hey, you, next day. How do you, can you talk a little bit, not about the training, but about how you went about trying to raise that money? Like, was that did you put systems in place? Was it very serious? Like you, you made the news, but was it, was it kind of like, how's this going to go? Or yeah, or? that was very like, I, my initial goal was $20,000 I wanted to raise. And Cam was like, you should do 121 for C21 and we'll sponsor it and all this stuff. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to raise that much money, but sure. We'll shoot for the stars type yeah. of thing. Um, and so, so when we, when we first announced it, it kind of blew up a little bit. So we raised $12,000 within the first week and I announced it in March and we didn't run until October. So it kind of died out for a few months, but 
towards the end, we obviously being in real estate, and as you guys know, like there's a lot of well-off people in real estate and we, me and Cam have some very generous people in our life. And so we honestly got the majority of the money just from people that we know and other people in real estate and local businesses that were very generous. And then the day of the run, it was on global news in the morning. So that kind of picked up a bit of traction and it literally, I just made a GoFundMe page and that was kind of it. Like I, I sent a few emails out and stuff, but nothing crazy. It was just kind of word of mouth and, and was very fortunate to raise that amount of money. There were like some agents in your office giving like five figure donations from the sounds of things. Yeah. Like there was some very kind people in our office. Like wow. there was one agent that donated $20,000 and so, yeah. So Incredible. some very generous people in our life that I'm very grateful for. How has that run changed the trajectory of your life or uh, has it? Yeah, no, it had a hundred percent has, like I said, it, it's taught me kind of the, the tools. Well, it, it was kind of like, like I said, when I originally did the run, it was kind of a goal to kind of get me out of that rut that I was in after my mom passed away. And so, but the thing with that was, I don't think I necessarily dealt with what I was dealing with at the time. I just kind of set this big goal and kind of ignored what I was going through. And it was kind of like a bandaid on it. Right. And then a month after I did the run um, was when we went on that boys trip to Texas. We went in November, like literally the month following the run. And that was when our buddy passed away. And so after that, then after my buddy passed away, I was like, honestly, like rock bottom mentally, like end of 2021, beginning of 2022. And like, that's when I was like, okay, I need to actually like work on these tools to like, to help my mindset. And that's kind of what the last year and a bit I've been on this kind of like health and wellness journey of actually not just putting a bandaid and ignoring my problems, but learning the tools to deal with adversity. And so that's what was cool about the run is now looking back on all of it, I can like use those tools and that mindset and de- determination to to get me through other things in life. And it's not that I'm looking forward to any adversity that comes, but I know stuff's still going to happen. And now I feel like I actually have the tools to to deal with adversity properly when it comes. And has it led to opportunities? Like I, I remember you talking about, like I, I'm just from following you on Instagram, I noticed like you're, you're involved in events kind of throughout North America now, or you're going to events, running events, you're, you're spending time with people that run ultra marathons. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Like how has your life branched out? Yeah. So the, um, the, the guy that I mentioned that did the bear crawl and, uh, the marathon, he was a big inspiration for my run. And he's a, he's a very well-off business dude in the States and kind of social media guy. And so he's an, an investor in a bunch of big companies in the States and he has his own supplement company, all that kind of stuff. So I follow him on Instagram. He's been a big inspiration in my life. And so he was doing this thing in April of 2022 when I was kind of like, working on myself and doing all these things to kind of get better mentally. And so he was doing this thing where you could book a zoom call with him for a hundred bucks. And so I, I hopped on the zoom call with him, just chatted with him about business. And then I thanked him for doing the bear crawl. And he was like, dude, he's like, I've done a bunch of these calls. This is freaking awesome. Let's keep in touch type of thing. So then we kept in touch. And then he invited me down to this half marathon and it was in Maine on the East coast. And it was called hell on the hill. Um, that him and his business partner put on. And so then the next weekend he has a ranch in Austin, Texas, and then the next weekend, he was hosting a health and wellness event um, at his ranch in Texas. And so he invited me to both of those events. And I was like, that's great. But I live in like Vancouver and they're two weekends apart. And he's like, after the half marathon, just come fly to Austin and you can stay with me the entire week at my ranch. And so I stayed with him like one-on-one at his ranch the whole week. I, I learned a lot of, from him. Um, and it's just kind of led to a bunch of cool opportunities and meeting a bunch of cool people in the kind of the health and wellness industry in the States. And kind of opened my eyes to to traveling and stuff. So I've been done a bit of that over the last little bit. And that's kind of what really like 
trajected me on this health and wellness journey and has got my mind right and my mental health and all that stuff and got me prioritizing that. Is uh, What's it like in, on a Texas ranch? I love it. It was great. It was like a, <laughs> I guess was, you're from Chilliwack, but is it is there any similarity or is it was it that instead, must just be wild? Instead of cows, I mean there was cows there, but there was also donkeys and like I saw a couple of tarantulas and I mean it wasn't like a typical Texas ranch. It was basically like it was 60 acres of ranch and then it was like his house that he has there with his business partner. It's basically like a room, bedroom, bathroom. The inside of it's just a big pickleball court with a ba- basketball hoops. Oh, there's man. a kitchen on one side, a gym, and then there's like a big pool. And then it's just like, so it's not your average. It's like a health and wellness, like yeah. bachelor pad. Type so thing. what, and you, so you go down there, you hang out a week where you just like shooting hoops, going on runs, playing basketball. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like the day that I got there, he kind of like tosses me a beer and he's like, we're going to go out tonight. And so we met up with his other like business partners that have a super successful company down there. And we're like kind of hanging out downtown Austin with all these, like we went to this like club and there was like NBA players and stuff there. And I was just like, where the heck am I? <laughs> You're not in Chilliwack anymore. No, we're not. And then we went to this like recording studio downtown Austin where there was like band was playing and like, this was like Willie Nelson's recording studio or something crazy. Oh, yeah. And I was just felt like so out of place, but no, it's just like this kind of that the run has kind of led me to do a bunch of other cool things and meet a lot of cool people and have a bunch of really cool connections through it. So do, do you think like one of the things I've just been thinking about during this talk and, and when we went on our slow run before this, um, <laughs> your warm up uh, run for whatever you're doing. this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so one thing about your story that, that strikes me is like, I'm going to be a welder. No, I'm going to be a nurse. You know, there's not, I mean, I guess if you own the welding company, it's a entrepreneurial, but it doesn't sound like there was, you know, a lot of people that we have on the show, it's like, okay, there's, they're from an entrepreneurial family. There's like something there. There's a through line. That's not really the case, right? It's like you kind of fell into a real estate license because your dad said, Hey, well, you're waiting to become a nurse. You should, you know, try this, try this hat on. And now you're hanging out with some pretty big time entrepreneurial guys in a totally different space. Like, I guess, I don't even know what my question is here, but it, it's, it strikes me that you'll probably get into, like, there's some entrepreneurial spirit that you have and it's going to lead to something pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think like if there's anything the last like year and a bit's taught us like real estate, obviously the ups and downs, it's good to diverse, diversify yourself other than being in just real estate. So um, yeah, I, I don't know 100% what I want to do yet, but I definitely want to invest in some other things. And I absolutely love selling real estate and everything involved with real estate. And it's definitely got me to where I'm at. But I also like, I love sharing my story to kind of help other people and inspire other people as well. Um, and so I definitely think one thing that I'd like to do later down the road is maybe start my own podcast. Um, and then maybe too, like, I would eventually like to kind of get into some like maybe motivational speaking or something like that. I think that would be really cool. And just mm. kind of like, I don't know, I feel like there's more than just selling chill real estate in Chilliwack. So I, I kind of want to, I'm I'm mindful of the fact that we're, we're coming up on 40 minutes into the interview and, and we have a big announcement. Uh, this, this is the first time we're really talking about this publicly or you're talking about it publicly. And the announcement actually happened on, uh, I should say on the gross, on gross grind Yeah, to us, uh, the three of us, yeah. uh, Matt and I were the first to really, to hear. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're, you're really pumping this up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to do this. Is an exclusive? for the credit? Is this an exclusive announcement? Uh, t- let's talk about let's talk about the net. What's next here? Because there's something exciting in the works. Yeah. So I, I think one of the learned from Devin and all these guys that I've met in the states is it, it's important to have like a what's next on the calendar and always kind of have like a goal to work towards. And so after meeting all these cool people in the States and I've shared my story with them and kind of shared about my run and I always have to convert a hundred K to miles. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, I've done like a hundred K, which is like 65 miles. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 65 miles doesn't sound as cool as a hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I have, when you stop chemo, the highest risk for your cancer to come back, if it's going to is five years after you finish chemo. So I've been off chemo since 2018. And so this year is my five years since I've been off chemo. So, I came up with this idea that I'll go to my last checkup appointment at BC Children's and then and I want to run instead of going to Children's this time, literally go to my run or my last appointment in my running gear and then make my route longer and then run a hundred miles back home to kind of close out my journey at Children's. So the big announcement is uh, I'm going to do another big run. It'll be October 6th at 3 p.m. starting at BC Children's Hospital. So that's going to be my appointment time. I'll go for my appointment, get my blood work done. And then after that, kind of have as many people want to come with me to that. And then from there, I'm going to leave and run a hundred miles back home. And it'll probably take me, I have a coach that's training me through it. And it'll probably take me between 24 to 29 hours. And then I'm hoping to raise 150,000 kind of up the goal from last time. But really it's, it's not about that. There, what I learned last time, there's a lot more than just the, the money behind it. It's the people that you inspire with it and just kind of for me to do this mentally for myself to kind of close out the journey is kind of the whole point of it. The so. money is almost a byproduct at this point. Yeah. But you are looking for donations just to be yes, clear. Yes. <laughs> I want to raise $150,000. And I think BC Children's Hospital is obviously a lot of people have connections there. And I feel like everyone you talk to knows someone that that hospital's touched and it's an awesome place. So, um, yeah. So people, people in our community want to help. How can they help or, or what is... Is there anything that anyone can do if they're inspired by the story and they want to participate? Yeah. So in the next few weeks here, I'll have um, a link to, I'm going to do a donation page through the hospital. So it'll go directly to the hospital this time, not to a GoFundMe page. And then I'm just encouraging, I want to like inspire people to start running and do that kind of thing too. So if anyone wants to come and run 5k of it, run 10k, run 50 miles of it, run the whole freaking thing, I don't care. Like it's open to anyone for them to kind of set a new running goal and anyone's welcome to join. This is kind of exciting, right? Like, so, so, and when we were talking before, so you're going to be running for a full, more than a day. Most people will start with you, right? Like you'd guess if there's, say there's, say there's 30 people that are going to run with you over the course of this day, most are going to come right at the start, but you're saying, Hey, come in the middle. Well, the I want like, I want to try and get as many people to come to the appointment with me as possible. So like get a bunch of people there for the, the appointment and kind of the send off. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. But run like the first couple kilometers with me or a couple miles, but I'm going to be absolutely dead. Like when I'm like halfway through it, like once I'm like 50 miles in, that's going to be almost 100K and I'll have been running for like 12, 13 hours at that point. So 
I'm almost encouraging people like, say, if you want to run a half marathon or a marathon, do that at the end, because I'm going to kind of need as much kind of yeah. hype and encouragement at that point as I can. That's what you encouraged Matt and I as, as two hype men uh, to come at the very end. And I'm of, like flavor flav. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And you'll be able to keep time very well as well with the giant <laughs> clock around your neck. But the, uh, the, the big thing about us running at the end is, uh, would be the, you need that push, right? Because I mean, here's, Here's what. Uh, Wait, do you have a big announcement about you running yeah. as well? No, I, yeah, I'm coming for the last mile, <laughs> and I'm walking. Uh, but here's, here's the thing: I imagine, like last time, there will be a moment. Um, there, there will be a moment here where you're like, "Man, I got sixty. Oh yeah, nothing in the tank. No, it, it, it doesn't tank. look pretty. Like the last twenty k last time between eighty to hundred, I was like hurled over on the side of the road, kind of swearing and mad. And just like, I remember like one of my buddies was riding a bike behind me and he like, I was just like irritated by everything. And I was yeah, like, yeah. he like was ringing his bell on his bike. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what this makes me think of, uh, and not, not to, I, this is not meant to draw any comparisons, but I remember when I was a kid hearing a guy that did the, went with Terry Fox across country and he was like, most of the time, Terry was a real dick. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. But then you think about it, and you're like, he was doing, like, this insane punishing thing day in, day out. And you're like, of course. Yeah, no, you get of really— Of course you're a dick. Yeah. After, like, 10 hours of running, you get very irritated by little things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So fair warning to you two. I might be kind of a yeah, dick. Yeah, I think I want to do the start, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's October—so it's October 6th, 3 p.m., you're looking for 150K and as many people to come out and support BC Children's Hospital. And I'm excited. This is, I feel like this is, uh, Adam wanted to set a big goal for us to run. But I think after that 10K, we're revising down. <laughs> you guys got enough time. You can, you can do it. We're, we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm encouraging them to do a marathon. I think a couple months is a good time frame to chain for a marathon. A marathon. So, I think yeah. we can do a marathon. What, how many miles is a marathon? Uh, 26.2 miles. And I think 42 in kilometers, kilometers. Yeah, 42 kilometers. So basically for a little over four uh, times around the seawall, which we just did the seawall. Yeah. You could yeah, do it. I think I could do that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll save our big announcement for another show. <laughs> yeah. We don't uh, want to steal your thunder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just overshadowed the whole Se thing. Separate announcement <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jaden, of course, we got this segment called the Five Wire. Five lighthearted questions to end this, uh, this inspirational show. Can you stick around for that? Yeah, 100%. Awesome. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey. That sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Number one is, what is one book that you've read recently that you would recommend? Okay, so I have a book that I, it's it's kind of, I'm not a huge reader, but I am a, like, I do like to kind of read inspirational messages and stuff. And um, I, I post it on my story every morning, but I'm reading this book right now called The Daily Stoic. And it's basically 366 meditations on wisdom, perseverance, and the art of living. And so every day it has a new, like, message for you to read. And yeah, I post it on my story every day. I really like it. And Wow. 
That's a, and that's, that's because I, I see you post like, and you, you don't really post passages so much. You'll post a page, like a, a profound page. Yeah. Right? So that, that's all. Cause like today's date, for example, would have said like June 20th and have a message for it. So it's literally a one page message for each day. And it's just for me, like that's, just, I've just do, started doing that every morning when I first wake up and it's been. So that hard. must be. So the next question about belief, behavior, habit. I, I know on Strava, I follow you on Strava, which is for the uninitiated, uh, is a is an exercise app. But you you're now writing on top of every run. I will run 100 miles. Yeah, I will run 100 <laughs> miles. This is this is a question about mindset, right? I mean, that's uh, I, I think it. Well, maybe we'll see. But yeah, in the last few years, what new belief, behavior, habit has most improved your life? Uh, that one, I actually. A little bit, I mean, obviously the running has been a huge one. That's kind of stating the obvious there. Yeah. But um, for me, honestly, I think has been uh, cold plunging. Cold plunging for me, like ah. that's a huge fad right now. And I know it's very trendy and stuff. But for me, one, it's really good for uh, recovery for my legs. But it's like I, in the wintertime, I was going to Cultus Lake every morning, which is like 10 minutes from my house. And I would go even in like January, I'd go and sit in the lake for four minutes and it would just like totally like boost my mood and my energy levels in the morning. And it's, I love it. We've had uh, Ryan Lalonde. Was Ryan Lalonde, yeah. He's what, four, what he's is two he? and a half years. Two and a half that. years of cold plunging every, every morning. Yeah. And I, there's a million benefits. I mean, we're not the podcast to go through the benefits of cold plunging, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of podcasts out there that will, but uh, it, it, generally speaking, it's, it elevates your mood. It helps with recovery. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I think fat loss yep. benefits, yeah, all, all of those things. I'm not going to get into it because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. the expert, but yeah, all of those things that you mentioned, Amazing. I, I noticed a huge difference with it just in my mood and energy levels too. So, and how long do you stay in? Four minutes. Four minutes. And do you know. literally go in the lake? Yeah. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I, we usually ask, what are you watching on TV? But I feel like there's a better question here. Especially considering the bear crawl uh, inspired you to to do this is one of these positive social media stories. Who is the most inspiring person you follow yeah, apart so from yourself? I think it's two people actually. So Devin, who I have talked about, and then also his business partner that helps put on these events, um, Jesse Itzler. So those two guys are unreal. And so I think so, like obviously there's pros and cons with social media, but I've gotten to the point where on my Instagram, like I only follow people that pretty much inspire me or, or I get value out of. So when I'm scrolling on Instagram, it's not necessarily a bad thing because I'm getting, getting something out of it. And one of like the biggest takeaways that I've kind of implemented um, from one of, two, one of those people is from Jesse. And Jesse has this saying called building your life resume. And so it's not necessarily building your resume with like diplomas and work things, but it's like building your life resume with memories and experiences that you're going to look back on. Because like in 2021, 60 years from now, I might not remember how many sales I did or how much money I made, but I'm going to remember I did a 103 kilometer run and raised a bunch of money for children's hospital. Yeah, yeah, So it's more building your life resume with those types of things. And so all this mindset and kind of wellness stuff I've kind of learned from those two guys. What, what is your favorite band or music? Okay, so I was always a big like punk rock fan growing up. I always loved like Green Day and Blink-182. And so I'm a big uh, Machine Gun Kelly fan now, actually. He was wow, a rapper. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was a rapper and now he's kind of like Travis Barker from Blink is his drummer and like they kind of do some punk stuff and I love it. I, that type of music fires me up. 
I've never actually listened to. I uh, am not as well. Machine Gun Kelly. You did mention that you are a big fan of that "I Will Walk 500 Miles" song as well. <laughs> I think that was just inspirational. It, it I was just saying on a run earlier that I had that "I Will Walk." I listened to that on repeat for like a half an hour when I was running 100k, just for like inspiration. <laughs> but uh, last but not least, something that you have purchased for under fifteen hundred dollars that has changed or had a positive impact on your life. Honestly, I, I, I might, it might sound like kind of, I don't know, but I, I think that first like plane ticket to kind of go down to the States like a year and a bit ago, um, or it was actually last September. So it was almost a year ago, but that kind of like going down there and like, I mean, it was less than $1,500 and it kind of like totally like really changed my mindset the last year and a bit. So to me, like it might kind of a different answer, but that plane ticket for sure. Do you feel like your world's gotten smaller now? Like, or the world has gotten smaller now that you're, that you're kind of trap like with your I, I just think about like you're you're traveling a lot like you're we were just talking about the what was it the running like you're going running down man. to georgia aren't you going yeah, down to in georgia Atlanta, in october and, yeah but i mean you're making connections kind of globally you're you're traveling for events you're I feel like wouldn't you say your group of friends are kind of all a, over the place yeah. are starting to be all over the place like it feels to me as an outsider that your your world's the world is kind of North your America. world's getting bigger, but yeah. the the world's getting smaller for you. Yeah, North America. I haven't gone outside of North America yet, which I definitely really want to do. But definitely, like within Canada and the U.S. is getting smaller for sure. But I definitely want to venture out. A and bit. it and it goes back kind of full circle to that. You are the average of your five closest friends. Like you're hanging out with some pretty exceptional people in Chilliwack. And now you're hanging out with some pretty exceptional people in North America, which is pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, so we're going to do, so I think our plan is to have on each one of our podcasts going forward, something about the run and where people can donate. So we'll get that information for you from you yeah, and we'll have that moving forward. But for anyone listening who, who just wants to learn more and follow along, how can people learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, the biggest platform that I use is Instagram. So my user uh, handle on there is just underscore Jaden Lee. So J-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Jaden. That was a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Jaden Lee. Uh, how do, would you describe him? Iron Man. I would call him an Iron Man. Yeah, he's such an impressive guy, especially for... A lot of wisdom. For 24, it kind of blows your mind. I you mean, know what? I feel like he's he's been through a lot. He's uh, had to grow up. Yeah, he's quickly. had he's had to grow up pretty quickly. I feel like he's a there's a there's a wisdom about Jaden that is definitely beyond his 24 years, that's for sure. Yeah, and we have now ran 10k with Jaden, which for him it was like a crawl. Right. Uh, and uh we've done these uh what do you call that? The gross grind. The gross grind. Which again, he kind of was like, you know, carried me up like a rucksack behind his, <laughs> over his shoulders. And then now we're, we're watching him on Instagram, just, you know, out there every single day, Goggins style running, you know, talking to his ca- his phone and, and everybody on Instagram. It's amazing to watch. And uh smart guy, just real estate wise and everything else, but really somebody that we wanted to put his uh, journey in front of people. So let's be clear. This is October 6th at 3 p.m. Jaden is leaving BC Children's Hospital. By yes. that point, he wants to have raised $150,000. There is a page to do it. It's in our show notes. It's on our Instagram at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, and it's on his Instagram at underscore 
Jaden Lee. That is J-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E. He wants people to donate to Children's Hospital, which is, a again, it's kind of like Holy House. How can't you get behind children, BC Children's Hospital? Yep. And he wants people to come out and run on October 6th. I think we should hopefully have people from the VREP community doing both. I, it would be amazing if if people showed up and came out. And uh, man, the thing that gets me, and I still, it's like I get almost emotional just thinking about it. But when he was telling about the the kids who are all outside, who have made signs right. and everything, who are currently in cancer care at BC Children's. So this is such an incredible cause. Uh, I really hope that uh, people from the community uh, uh, get in touch about that. So, But anyway, Adam, that's, I think, all we got for today. Uh, incredible story and uh, please support Jaden and the BC Children's Hospital. Have a great week. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.